Welcome. The following presentation from Answers in CME is part of an educational activity titled Managing Hand-Foot-Skin Reaction, Interdisciplinary Strategies for Patients on Multi-Kinase Inhibitors. To access the full program and supporting materials, please visit the activity URL in the episode description. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Bayer Healthcare Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. Hi, my name is Dr. Beth McClellan. I'm the Director of Supportive Oncodermatology, the Chief of the Division of Dermatology and an Associate Professor at Montefiore Einstein in the Bronx, New York. And I'm so happy to be here today discussing hand-foot-skin reaction due to multi-kinase inhibitors. This toxicity can be painful and detrimental to quality of life. Often, it can also disrupt treatment. So I think this is a really important topic to be aware of when treating cancer patients. Hand-foot-skin reaction was given this special name in order to try and differentiate it from traditional hand-foot syndrome because it was a very unique reaction that is not seen in other classes of cancer treatment drugs. HFSR happens with tyrosine kinase inhibitors typically in the first several weeks of treatment. You can see in the clinical images the typical appearance of HFSR, which we tend to see over areas of friction or pressure. Oftentimes, it's on the soles of the feet, but not covering the entire foot, rather localized to places where the foot may be rubbing in the shoe or where the patient's weight tends to fall with most of the pressure. So you can see these very yellow-looking areas with some erythema. On the palms of the hand, similarly, we can see it in the flexures where there's movement of skin or an area areas of friction. You can see some of the most common drugs that we see leading to HSFR. The drug with the highest incidence is definitely regorafenib. We still see a lot of patients developing it from serafinib and sunitinib, as well as cabozatinib and axitinib. Prevention is always a helpful approach to toxicities when patients have knowledge and some guidance on how to prevent this reaction from happening. So it's great for patients to know about strategies to avoid friction or pressure, and then knowing that if they develop these symptoms, that it is a common and expected side effect of their medication, and that they should talk to their oncologist or dermatologist about treatments to start. There's some suggestion that severity of hand-foot-skin reaction may actually be a sign of efficacy of the treatment, so just another reason why patients should be armed with both knowledge and treatment strategies to help support their skin rather than discontinuing their treatment. So in summary, hand-foot-skin reaction is a very common adverse event that we see associated with multi-kinase inhibitors. It really impacts patients in meaningful ways when they are unable to walk, unable to use their hands, unable to perform their activities of daily living. And we need to address this toxicity preemptively so that patients know what to expect and what to do. And then once it happens, to give them extra support to try and heal their skin. In the next session, you're going to hear from Dr. Bikai Saab about methods for HFSR prevention and monitoring strategies for patients taking kinase inhibitors. My name is Daniel Bikai Saab. I'm a professor of oncology at the Mayo Clinic. 
I want to just briefly discuss the importance of being proactive in terms of managing hand and foot skin reaction, as it's one of the most common toxicities for many of these tyrosine kinase inhibitors. Its severity tends to manifest itself in the first two to three weeks. So it's very important for us to understand how to quickly be able to help patients prevent this so we can maintain the drug adequately at a level that would benefit the patient the most with minimizing the toxicity. So some of the things when we think about in terms of prevention is the importance of during the first visit to have a full body examination and assessment of quality of life. This may be formalized through some of the quality of life indices that are available or just very high level understand if there are any rashes, any issues with skin, eczema, fungal disease in the nails as needed, refer the patients to a dermatologist to help with not only the predisposing factors, but also therapeutic strategy prior to starting with the treatment. We studied the benefits of applying preemptive topical clobetasol, which is a steroid cream for hand and foot skin reaction in patients receiving regorafenib. Patients were randomized to a preemptive approach versus reactive what we found is that in the first two cycles of regorafenib, there were less hand and foot skin reactions and lower grades with the preemptive approach versus the reactive approach. In my clinic, I universally now apply a preemptive topical clobetasol or other steroid cream for hand and foot skin reaction prevention in patients who receive regorafenib. That's such interesting and important data, Dr. Bakhaisab. I think it's also important to note that although many physicians may have fears about using high-potency topical steroids, on the palms and soles where the skin is so thick at baseline, there's very little risk of atrophy and using a high-potency steroid for prophylactic purposes in those areas. Dr. McClellan, I fully agree with you. Now, once patients start treatment, they should be monitored frequently. That's very important in terms of helping patients navigate through the first two cycles of tyrosine kinase inhibitors. So a close clinical examination, referral to a dermatologist as needed, consideration for clobetasol, and most importantly, a very close monitoring, especially in the first four to eight weeks on a weekly basis. In the next session, Dr. McClellan will review generalized management strategies that can improve care of patients experiencing hand and foot skin reaction. Let's talk about some ways that we can prevent and manage HFSR in our patients. One important thing when I see patients with this toxicity is thinking about the grading and the severity of the reaction. This helps me communicate to my oncology colleagues as a dermatologist how severe I feel the toxicity is and whether they should consider adjusting the dose or holding the treatment. Unfortunately, the CTCAE does not have a specific grading scale for HFSR. However, we can use what exists for hand foot syndrome or pulmonary plantar erythrodysesthesia and kind of adapt that to HFSR. One of the important things to key in on here is when I see patients, if they are not able to perform their self-care ADLs, this is a grade three and should signify to the oncologist that we may need to make some changes in their dose or take a pause from treatment. Dr. McClellan, the way I manage this is very consistent with your strategies and approaches. For practical purposes, with the appropriate education and using those escalation strategies, we've seen very, very few, if any, of the more severe handed foot skin reactions. 
because this reaction comes from trauma, friction, and pressure to the skin, it's important to advise patients about kind of babying their skin, making sure there isn't excessive friction where they can avoid it, wearing thick cotton socks and well-fitting shoes. I often recommend local pain management strategies for patients who don't have openings or breaks in the skin, but just have enough inflammation to cause pain. Some nice things that can be used topically include lidocaine, either in a gel or patch form. Moisturizers are really important in maintaining the skin barrier. In HFSR, where there's these thickened areas of keratotic skin, we often use things containing urea or salicylic acid in an attempt to thin that out. And finally, topical corticosteroids, especially high-potency versions, can be useful for the associated inflammation. I'm often combining many of these strategies for patients to try out and see what will give them the best relief. We can approach HFSR from a prophylactic standpoint by controlling calluses, making sure patients are wearing those thick socks and well-fitting shoes. You can start moisturizers and keratolytics before treatment to try and prevent the thickened areas from happening. And then later on, once patients develop symptoms is when is a good time to consider adding pain control, either topically or systemically if needed. It's important to approach these types of toxicities from a multidisciplinary approach when possible. Dermatologists can offer a unique perspective, making sure that you're treating the right thing, especially if they're not responding to therapy. In summary, there are some strategies that we can use to help patients prophylactically as well as after they develop hand-foot skin reaction. A multidisciplinary approach really is helpful when it's possible. Next, Dr. Bikai Saab will discuss strategies when dose modification is needed or interruptions in treatment for higher grades of HFSR. Overall, for multi-kinase inhibitors, many toxicities are relatively common, including hand and foot skin reaction. And those modifications are appropriate strategies for many of these patients with hand and foot skin reaction. As an example, with regorafenib, but also with others like serafinib, sinitinib, and agents typically used in our gastrointestinal cancer clinics, we do tend to favor a dose escalation approach. In fact, with regorafenib, we published data that suggested starting low and escalating within the first four weeks ends up improving overall outcomes, but also more importantly, cut down significantly on the risk of toxicities and improve quality of life. It's important to consider those modifications, including withholding treatment when toxicities are at a grade two or three, and then reinitiate at a lower dose for patients who may have experienced significant symptoms. Now, if this comes back again severe, so the hands foot skin reaction, we typically discontinue the drug completely. One of the most important aspects of working with these multi-kinase inhibitors is that you make the dermatologist your best friend, and it's the patient's best friend as well, to help optimize care of patients with hand and foot skin reactions. So early referral to dermatologists, such as Dr. McClellan and her clinic, would actually optimize even further how we maintain the quality of life while improving outcomes for our patients who experience these toxicities, specifically those patients with the more severe toxicities or those that started with comorbidities, including skin issues, before initiating treatment. As a dermatologist, I find that many patients really appreciate the chance to have an appointment that's just fully focused on supporting their skin issues. Survey-based studies show that many cancer patients are not referred to dermatology, but would have appreciated the chance to speak with a dermatologist about their skin concerns. 
I fully agree with you. So overall, I think it is important to acknowledge with multi-kinase inhibitors, there is no one dose for all patients. Dose has to be individualized for most of our patients that require a multi-kinase inhibitor as part of the treatment planning. We've chosen an approach that allows us to escalate the dose from low to high. We've done that with regorafenib, with serafinib, sunitinib, with cabozantinib, and others. In the final session, I'll discuss the rationale for and strategies to facilitate patient counseling, education, and communication for optimized prevention and management of hand and foot skin reaction. Next, we'll briefly discuss why a patient-centered approach to management of hand and foot skin reaction is important to optimize the treatment plan for patients receiving a multi-kinase inhibitor. All of it starts with patient counseling and education. The most critical aspect of what we do is make sure if the patients cannot be present every week for the first four to eight weeks, it'd be important at least to touch base with them. The patient has to be part of this journey, and it's important that they understand this is a partnership. Multicanase inhibitors are oral medications. You are relying on the patients and their families to ensure that they're taking those medications appropriately. And it's important for the patient also to keep us well-informed regarding early symptom identification, when to contact us, is going to be key for this partnership. And patients must also be armed with management strategies to help reduce the risk in early cycles of treatment, such as lotion, maintaining adequate skin health and name health. So we must be prepared as clinicians to initiate frequent contact with patients and counsel them effectively for best outcomes. So before symptoms develop, it's important to both verbally enforce education, but also provide patients with written documents and, of course, constant communication with us. Now, it is important to note also that the dermatologist in this case is your best friend in practice and the patient's best friend. So I keep them close to us in terms of referring patients very quickly to dermatologists, especially with more severe cases. So the strategies are emphasized and even at every visit with oral education, the importance of maintaining skin health, nail health, and others. Also confirm that the patient is taking the medications appropriately and ensuring during the physical exam that there are no signs of severe toxicities that need to be brought to this attention. I agree that in my practice, I think asking patients about how this toxicity is affecting their life and their ability to perform their activities of daily living, but also things that they enjoy doing is really important. As always, treatment should really be tailored to the impact on the specific patient and how it's affecting them. So overall, one of the most important aspects of maintaining adequate dosing strategies, good quality of life, and enhancing outcomes for patients receiving multi-kinase inhibitors is through patient counseling and education. In other words, ensuring that the patient and their family understand that they are partners in this journey with the clinical staff. Thank you for listening please visit the activity URL in the episode description to view all program materials, complete the post-test, and get a certificate.